Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast with your host, the Wolf and Action Jackson, who are keeping rock alive by talking classic rock, hard rock, progressive rock, heavy metal, 80s music, early MTV, UK vs. US chart success, and much more. This is the home of classic album and live concert reviews and your place for interviews with artists and legends. You're rocking with the Wolf. Hey, out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 163rd episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. the Wolf. And I will be joined par usual by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson from the East Coast of the United States of America. And thank you so much for tuning in to our review of Van Halen's 1984 as it turned 40, released on January 9th, 1984. It was really big for us growing up, kind of established Van Halen in our minds and hearts as an amazing hard rock band. Hard to believe it's been 40 years, but we've got great response to it. Lots of download streams and interaction on social media. So we thank you for that. And if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. And we do have about six Van Halen episodes for you to check out. So check them all out if you're a Van Halen fan. Now this week we are talking about an album that is also turning 40 here very shortly. And it's got songs that were familiar to you if you were around back then. Some top 40 and top 10 kind of songs on there. But it wasn't an album that Jackson and I were super familiar with. And it was actually Jackson who suggested we take this one on as it's having a 40th anniversary. So I said, all right, well, let me take a look at it. And after listening to it the first time, I'm like, wow. Great record. Can't wait to talk about this. I'm talking about Learning to Crawl from The Pretenders. Now, everyone knows The Pretenders are fronted by Chrissy Hind, guitar player, lead singer, and songwriter. She basically writes all the songs The Pretenders always has. But this album came at a very interesting time for the band. They made a couple of records, Pretenders and Pretenders 2, that had done pretty well both in the UK and the US. But things were starting to fall off in Pretenders' world starting in about 1982. First of all, guitarist Jimmy Scott or James Honeyman Scott died of a drug overdose. Then Chrissy had to let bassist Pete Farndon go because his drug use was a problem. They couldn't maintain his spot in the band. And then she and drummer Martin Chambers recruited a couple of people to help make a single, which was back on the chain gang, which became a big hit and was back with My City Is Gone. Then Chrissy had to take a break because her relationship with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and Kinks frontman Ray Davies had taken a turn and she was pregnant with her daughter, Natalie Ray Hind. So she took a little time off 
to have the child and to break up with Ray and to work on trying to keep her band together. Then in 1983, Pete Farndon died of a drug overdose, which I guess they saw coming. Meanwhile, she's trying to keep the pretenders on track and wrote some of the best songs of her life, which you're going to hear about on this show. Plus, now she's a single mom for the most part, and that's why the album is called Learning to Crawl, because Natalie Ray was learning to crawl around that time. Not to mention, here the pretenders are with a couple of new folks in their band trying to figure out how to navigate this all over again. So crazy time. And yet, they make an album with several hit singles that went platinum in the U.S. and gold in the U.K., And Back in the Chan Gang was a great big song for them. Show Me was a hit in America. Middle of the Road is a rockin' tune. My Steve Was Gone was a hit in America, especially in the Midwest. And they had a Christmas song on there, 2,000 Miles. We're going to talk a little bit about the dichotomy of how well they did in the U.S. versus how well they did in the U.K., which was really their home country. Chrissy may be an American, but she had befriended the folks in the Sex Pistols and the Clash and was totally into that whole punk scene in the late 70s before she finally got her own band together and then took off to superstardom. Now, first, just a little bit of business. We always love to mention that we're proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, a network of about 100 different music shows. There really is something in there for everyone. You can check them out at PantheonPodcast.com or follow at Pantheon Pods. And we give a shout out now to our groovy sponsor, RareVinyl.com, who's based in the UK, but ships all around the world, has over a quarter million items in stock, including lots of pretenders items. And they've got first edition stuff. They've got import stuff. CDs, LPs. I saw a Pretenders tour program in there from the early 80s that looked really cool. Wherever you are in the world, you can go to rarevinyl.com and use the code UGLY, U-G-L-Y, and save 10% off your entire order. So it's a one-time code. You don't want to just use it for a $7 single. You want to buy a few things, a lot of things, or something rare and hard to find, and then use the code to save yourself a big fat 10% instead of a little tiny 10%. They've got a great team. They've been doing this for 40 years and they've big help to our show. So if you want to help our show and help your record collection, go to rarevinyl.com and use the code UGLY to save yourself 10%. Now back to learning to crawl. I was embarrassed that I didn't know this album as well as I should have. I did know a lot of the songs from the radio. About half the album I had heard before just from listening to the radio over the last 40 years. But to hear them all together, to hear some of the B-sides, and just to hear the story of how this all evolved was amazing. Chrissy Hind is such a badass. She's so cool. Her voice is amazing. And she's fearless. She's steadfast, she's tough, and she stands true to her convictions. And I think it all comes out in the album. So why don't we go ahead and jump in? We're going track by track on The Pretender's Learning to Crawl as it turns 40, here on The Wolf. Well, I guess we're back back on the chain gang here, Jackson. Yep. Seems like it's been a while, though. It's only been like, what, like two weeks? It seems like it's been a month. Two and a half. I mean, it's, you know, plus we've had Christmas in there. We have New Year's in there. We've had family nonsense in there, (laughs) you know? And so it feels like it's been longer than it has been. It really has. But I mean, it's like, I felt like we earned the reward, you know? It was like, we stayed on top of it all year. We were ahead of it all year. We mm-hmm. went ahead and got ahead of it before Christmas, got all the end of the year and the first two beginning of the year shows all done. I'm like, this is great. Okay. We can, we've earned a break. We can do some other things. Maybe we can listen to some music for fun instead of just for research. 
and I did, and I've got some ideas for coming shows and coming years and all that kind of stuff. But well, good. But today we're going to do an album that you pointed out to me that we should probably take a look at. Mm-hmm. And boy, am mm-hmm. I glad that you did. I'm glad we did also because I have to throw myself on the mercy of the court here. We're talking today about the Pretenders learning to crawl. Yep. And I, I was looking through the list of, of 1984 albums, just trying to get the anniversary dates up. And it jumped out to me and I looked at the track listing and I said, okay, well, you know, we know a couple of these songs on here. These were, these were radio hits. Mm-hmm. This is a really good album. It's really this is a good. really good album that I hadn't listened to all the way through. And Chrissy Hyde is, I mean, I always knew she was cool. I always knew she was a badass. Right. I didn't know how cool and how much of a badass she really was. So I went back and read her biography, you know, I in know. early years, moving from Akron, Ohio uh-huh. to London and then getting in with that kind of the punk music scene. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great story. And she is incredibly talented. Yeah, and she was part of, like, she was at Kent State during the Kent State Massacre, mm-hmm. and, like, one of her girlfriend's boyfriends got killed, and I think she moved to Paris first, okay, and then back, and then eventually moved to Paris, and then to London, and all that, but, yeah, she's a tough girl, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I always knew that she had an amazing voice, and, you know, she has the, the dark makeup and the hair, the, the bangs, or the fringe, as they call it, in England, down in her face there, so you can't really see her eyes, and then they're all black anyway, mm-hmm. and and she's always in pants, usually leather, to show that she's like a rocker chick. I'm like, oh, it's, it's because she's not really that cute, right, or she doesn't have very nice legs. Like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that she wants to be taken seriously and a girl right. in a mini, you know, up there, you know, your Dale Bozio from Missy Persons or something like, you know, I feel like even when she came out and even in the early eighties, a woman fronting a rock band and not an all girl band like the Go-Go's hmm. or something like yeah. that. A woman fronting a rock band was still, it was a novelty to a lot of people. It was almost like, okay, this is something we could promote because it's a novelty. And she's like, I don't want to be a novelty. I want you to take me seriously. And even a band, I'm thinking of the same time period, even a band like Heart that uh-huh. had been around for a while, they had had hits. But once the 80s hit or the mid 80s here, now we're playing up the, you know, the sex angle right. the sexiness angle and she never did that she was always i could punch you through the heart mm-hmm. and not even think twice about it that was chrissy hines look not to mention i can write a lot better songs than you can well that's you true know? i mean it's, it, it it doesn't have to be <laughs> you know it's you know it, it's real hard cool rock and roll songs and so i mean we both knew pretenders Mm-hmm. from being kids we knew brass and pocket you know it was on the radio right a lot talk of the town which we'll kind of get to in a little bit and then these songs on here yeah i mean some of them were hits at the time some were more radio hits that evolved over the years and of course it's got the the christmas song on here that i like so much mm-hmm. but considering what she and the band had gone through in the years building up to this not only is it amazing that this album is so great it's amazing that it got made, period, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Seriously. They, that was one of the things that attracted me to it also was the story behind it. And, you know, you have a four-piece band and two of them are gone. Yeah. That's tough. That's real tough, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, we what we like to do is we, we talk about our relationship with the band prior to this album. And then we talk about what the band was up to, like what was going on in that world 
leading up to the creation of this album. And, you know, they came out in 79, kind of the height of the punk movement. Chrissy had gotten this band together, and some people wanted to be in her, her to be in a girl's band or just be a solo act or something mm-hmm. like that. She's like, no, I want to be in a real rock band. I write the songs. But anyway, The Pretenders, the first album comes out, has brass in pocket, does pretty well. They make Pretenders 2 in 81, but they also make this EP that had talk on the town about it, which is about her relationship with Ray Davies. Mm. Yeah. Because Ray is a little older than I mean, she grew up a Kinks fan. She grew up really liking Ray Davies. She's not that much younger than he is. He he's he's maybe 10 years older. He may not be. I didn't look at look at it for this thing you would have thought she was younger given the kind of band she was in you, you would have thought right. that if her first album came out in 79 oh okay well that makes she's she's 20 she's 22 something like that no she was like 28 or something like that you know she's a grown woman who's done a lot of stuff but yeah she she had a thing with him for a long time and that whole you've changed i think is about ray i think there's a couple things about ray on this yeah. record but yeah but uh but yeah but so <laughs> So then things kind of start to go off the rails a little bit here for the pretenders because Jimmy Scott, or I think it's James Herndon Scott, Honeyman Scott, James Honeyman Scott's his full name, but they called him Jimmy. He ODs in, was it July of 82 or August of 82? Okay. Yeah. Chrissy gets pregnant with Ray's daughter, Natalie Ray Hine, because, and she's named Hine, she's not named Davies, because Davies, I don't think, really wanted to have the kid with her. They basically broke up during the time. Mm, yeah. Sorry, so Chrissy's pregnant. She can't be touring all over the world anymore, so they have to take a break. During that break, Pete Farndon ODs. You're right, so that's half the band. You watch the Brass and mm. Pocket video or any of those videos that they did, half of those guys are gone now. So, yeah, so she has Natalie Ray, who is, by the way, hotter than Ray and Chrissy put together, <laughs> you know, and uh, and she's a model. So I guess I'm allowed to say that. But anyway, so then they have to come back after that. So it's like, OK, you're in a relationship with this rock god type. It goes well for a while. He helps you write some songs. You live with him, which has got to beat living in a council flat with three or four other scummy musicians right Mm -hmm. so he lives pretty well they start to build this reputation and then it basically all falls apart plus she gets pregnant has a kid which for a lot of female rockers that's it right it's like oh well i'm a mom now i can't Mm -hmm. do it anymore but instead they come back in early 84 with a new band i mean chrissy always wrote all the songs so she's still writing the songs but now she has a lot to write about it would seem and she makes the best album of her life I think you're right. Yeah. And I think that was the other thing that really drew me to this also was the fact that this is called The Pretenders, but let's not be silly about this. She's the band. She writes all the music. It's all stuff that it sounds like comes from her experiences in life. So there's a a lot going on. And I don't think there's any... Uh, there's no tracks on here that I don't like. Well, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, no doubt. And if you go to like, into their websites or social media, it's a picture of Chrissy. Okay, right. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it should be Chrissy and the Pretenders, and maybe it is. I'm not really sure right now. But yeah, I mean, in '83 or '82, the Jimmy Scott dies. And they kick Pete Farndon out because of his drug problems. And then within a year, he dies too. Plus now Chrissy's a mom. Plus now she's dating Jim Kerr, lead singer of The Simple Minds. Yeah, who's blowing up at this time also. Who's Yes, exactly. Whose career is really starting to take off big. So tons of stuff going on in this world that could easily derail. I mean, she could have had their kid gone back to Akron 
you know, been yeah. with her folks or whatever, said, help me raise my baby. And, you know, the, the few royalties that I still get off those couple albums, because I think they put out the Live in Santa Monica album to buy a little time, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we had these two albums that did fine, had an EP that had a hit song on it, but now we're not sure what's going to happen with this band. <laughs> and back in the day, I mean, three years or two and a half years between albums was, that was an eternity. Yeah, yeah. For, a, for a band that young Led Zeppelin could do it, the Eagles could do it because they've sold a hundred million albums. But if you're just getting started and it's like, okay, you haven't made anything in what, two and a half years? And you got a chick, leader of your band. Ugh, I don't know about the future of this band, but Chrissy made it happen. And I think too, from what I was reading, she was really good friends with uh, with Pete Farndon and Jimmy Scott. Mm-hmm. It, it, more than just bandmates, I think they were. You know, they started the thing together. So I think both of those deaths hit her really hard. Especially, you know, one of them dies, and then you say to the other one, you know, hey, we got to let you go because you're not up to the challenge anymore. And then he right. goes ahead and ODs. That had to be just an absolute tough time. Plus, like you said, you know, she's not with Ray anymore. She's got the kid. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. She could have easily just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. I'm going back home. See ya. Yeah. But instead, they get together with Chris Thomas, a producer, who's worked with all sorts of people, you know, big time people, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Roxy <laughs> Music, to name a few, right? Elton John, Paul McCartney, Maybe Pete Townsend. these people before. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, and he produced albums for the Sex Pistols and NXS and so got with him and, and said, all right, let's go ahead and and do this they did it at AIR in uh, in London and i mean it took a long time it, you know mid 82 to late 83 that's a long time but hey it's cuz she's taking a break to have a kid and i mm. i don't know if she went back to ohio to have natalie ray or she had her in london i'm not sure but I do, mm. I do know she went back to Ohio because of a song on this album. So. Yeah, so I've heard. Yes, exactly. So, Which is not the name of the song, by the way, people. Right. Get that in your head. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at the singles, the, the first single, Back on the Chain Gang, which we all know, and Backed With My City Was Gone, which we also mm. in America know very well because you're talking about going back to Ohio. People in England are like, where the hell is Ohio? I don't even give a shit. <laughs> you know. But as you know, I'm like, what am I, 80 miles, 90 miles from the Ohio mm-hmm. border or something like that? Well, not even that far, just from like Cincinnati, that's how far I am. That's something that's been on rotation with the uh, stations in my life for a long, long time. But that was the first single release, and that was September of 82, mm-hmm. right? And then the Christmas song, 2000 Miles, released in November 83 in the UK, whereas Middle of the Road was released November of 83 in the US. And Middle of the Road then came out in the UK in like February of 84. So some stretches between the first and second singles and a couple things that got released before the album ever came out. Yeah, which is interesting, too, because when it would hit the shelves, you would say to yourself, well, I've heard half of this already just from listening to the radio. Right. It's great, too. Mm. It's great. But like Martin Chambers, who was the drummer, the original drummer uh, for the Pretenders, he recruited a couple people to come in to fill in so they could make those songs. So they could make Back on the Chain Gang and My City Was Gone, including Mm -hmm. Tony Butler from Big Country and Billy Bremer from Rockpile. But then eventually it's like, okay, a great thank you guys. And they're in the videos or whatever. But it's like, okay, eventually we've got to get our own lineup together. We got to have new pretenders. You guys are pretending to be pretenders. We got to (laughs) have... Real Pretenders, I guess, is the way it was. And eventually it was Robbie McIntosh on guitar and Malcolm Foster on bass. So they finally got the lineup set and they said, all right, well, what do you got, Chrissy? And she had the goods. (laughs) 
what do you got? Well, kind of this. And then, boom, here we go. Yeah. Now, the album went to number five in the U.S. on Billboard and number 11 in the U.K. charts. That's damn good, you know. And it went platinum in the U.S., gold Mm -hmm. in the U.K., which is kind of interesting. I mean, I consider them, I know Chrissy's American, but I consider the Pretenders to be an English band. I mean, everyone else is English besides Chrissy. Yeah, yeah. And and I was always, I didn't really realize that either. I, I always kind of, I always knew that she was an American, but yeah, I was, I did consider them English because everybody else was English and it was done there. Yes, exactly. You see the videos, especially some of the videos. Well, we, we'll get into Chain Gang here. It's it's almost on there. But that's obviously done in London, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're a British band, kind of like Dio, I guess, in a way, right? Ronnie's English. I mean, Ronnie's American, but he had Vivian Campbell, mm-hmm. and he had, you know. Anyway, and they did the. I think uh, Ronnie did some of those videos in London too. In London so, too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I mean, that's how I knew the Pretenders was from their hits. Didn't see them on MTV too much. Right. But you heard her all over the radio and you would see, and I feel like they would do bat, brass in pocket more. They would do more recent things. Like mm-hmm. I've seen that video, but like talk of the town, which was done on a sound on a, on a stage and filmed for the video and had this, you know, cool effects on the walls and the steps and stuff. I didn't see that till we did research for this. <laughs> and even back on the chain gang, I remember it. Like I remember seeing it, but mm-hmm. I don't remember it in heavy rotation either. Like yeah, back I, in the day. I'm with you there. Yeah. Hi, this is Gary Kemp. And this is Guy Pratt. And you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, well, let's jump in because this is these are great. There's some great songs on here. First up, Middle of the Road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Always love this one. How about you? Same, same thing. The the beat, drum beats at the beginning of this, they're off just a little bit. They they go the go right into this thing. And then her doing the vocals, the woo 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 woo. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible, I apologize. <laughs> but that that's the riff too. Like that's part of the the lead into this. I mean, it's just a good straight ahead rock and tune. 
Well, of course, in the video, the boys were doing that. Woo! And then Chrissy would come in, middle of the road. Great song. They play this in America forever. And it makes sense that we know it because it went number two on mainstream Mm -hmm. rock, Jackson. 19 on the Billboard charts. In fact, it even got on like the dance club charts, got up to 43. And the Canadians love Chrissy because Ohio's not that far from Canada. (laughs) It's almost Canada. She got to number 12. However, the UK, where they're from, number 81. Hmm. Okay. Now, there was no official video. I think if you go on YouTube, you'll see videos of her being on like Top of the Pops and shows like that doing Mm -hmm. the song. But I don't think that they... There was no official video for it. Made an official one. Because, I mean, obviously they made one for Chang Gang, but that was a year and a half before. I don't know. And this was the second single in the U.S., but it wasn't released in the U.K. till February after the album came out. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was. I mean, look, you couldn't just make videos for everything, I guess, back then. Mm-hmm. But this is a killer song. It's a kick-ass rock song. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't catch on in Britain. Could be that maybe this wasn't the, the flavor of the day there. This was more built for an American audience, kind of the straight-ahead rocking. There's, mm-hmm. there's a couple of different... They go all over the map here with genres on this deal. And there are some on here that sound more like what was happening in Britain at the time. Well, yeah. And I think she was really tuned into it. And the whole band was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's more kind of the interesting. But, I mean, by 84, you've had the rise of Duran Duran. You've had the new romantics like the Spandos and the... Right. Don't you want me... (laughs) They played the hell out of that, you know. There's a lot of stuff that she had to compete with that was flashy and cute and used a lot of sense mm-hmm. versus their kind of pure straight ahead rock. And I got to tell you, yeah. the harp that's yeah. blown at the end yeah. of this thing that's is badass. Yeah, real. And, and there was no, I mean, I was looking, she does it on stage mm-hmm. on live performances. There, I couldn't see any, any credits to anybody. So, I mean, I'm right. going to get better was her during the recording suit sessions. I mean, we have to assume so. No one's, over all the years, no one's ever stepped up and say, no, it was actually me. Mm-hmm. No one's coming to say, well, that was so-and-so. So I guess it was Chrissy, which is awesome. But in the U.S., it was backed with 2,000 Miles, the Christmas song, because that wasn't released as a single on its own in the U.S. It was released as a single in the U.K. We mm-hmm. talked about it on our top 10 rocking Christmas songs. Yes. And, and I forgot it was on this record. I thought it was like a special one-off deal. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I saw it at the end of this thing. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a great Christmas song, but it's also a great song on its own. Yeah. And, and honestly, if, if she didn't have the line, it must be Christmas time, you wouldn't necessarily think it was a Christmas song. Right. Correct. But anyway, but see, in the in the UK, it was backed with watching the clothes because, okay. and I do think that watching the clothes was backed on, the uh, the second, uh, or the, rather the the other single um, that hit the U.S. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I I love this middle of the road burner. No, 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 great riff, and she's got the the great riff. You know, I'm all that. You know, I've got a kid. I'm 33, baby. Mm-mm-mm. She was actually 32, I think, when that came out. But still, it makes for a good line. I'm not, I'm half the man I used to be. I got a kid. I'm 33, baby. Yeah, and and I think that's that's what really draws me to this record too is there's a lot of stuff she puts in there about her own life and what she's going through and you know you and i both have children but it's not the same as being a being a dad is not the same as being as a mom and especially in this game 
to think that she kept doing it is is impressive to me because I'm sure everybody was it was expecting her to to go away or take a break or something and here she is now I'm I'm here still doing this I know especially at that time now it's like mm. oh please Adele take three years off to raise your kid now it's like right. Chrissy, all right you either need to quit or you need to be back the next day you know or whatever <laughs> you know so. Yeah, it's crazy. But this is a great way to kick off the record. Mm-hmm. Nice rocker, great harmonica on it, fun hit in the US, not so much in the UK. Mm. All right. But then we get number two on the album. It's back on the chain gang, which was released a full 15 months, I guess, before the album comes out. And it was released after Jimmy Scott's death. Now, I don't know about you, but when I heard this song back in the day, I assumed it was a cover because of that. Ooh, okay. Ah, you know, between the, because I'm back in the, ooh, ah, it just sounded like something that they would have done back in the day, like in the fifties mm-hmm. or the sixties or something like that. Okay. And so for whatever reason, I just got in my head, well, that's probably an old song that these folks are reworking, but it's not, it's a Chrissy original. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not only awesome, it's kind of a classic. Definitely remember this one. The the intro, that picking intro that they do, it almost sounds like a kind of a slide deal, but I don't think it is, is pretty, very iconic with this song. And I never realized that it was Tony Butler from Big Country on the mm-hmm. bass. And I th- there's there was a part in the back of my mind that always thought about him, like, that dude doesn't get the credit he deserves for being a funky bass player Mm. and i think you can really hear him on this uh track you're right yeah you can hear him on this track and it just works in great with the beautiful guitar run that's in this song Mm -hmm. uh it's like they kind of came together in a big way to make this good yeah to me big country was a they were a one-hit wonder in the united states right but they were huge over in europe that's right so interesting to hear him play something else uh, on the radio in the U.S. Well, and your buddy Howard Stern talked about, because eventually their lead singer did take his own life mm-hmm. at a relatively young age. I think he was like 40 or something like that. And your buddy Howard Stern was talking about like, yeah, I never understood why they weren't bigger in the U.S. I mean, the, the big country song was a big hit. That guy, he was good looking. Yep. He was a good singer. He wrote good songs. He figured that, you know, they're going to be a huge thing. And they were in England and in Europe, but here they really didn't get much more past that first record, that first song. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, it just it's interesting to hear to hear a couple of other people on this one. And I didn't realize this came out earlier than the record as a yeah. single. But yeah, I, I always love this song. And you're not the only one because it went to number four mainstream rock, number five on the Billboard Top 100 and 17 in the UK. The the, the Brits got this one. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a worldwide hit. Just did well on charts all over the world. And it's the highest charting song that I guess they ever had in the history in US, you know. Okay. So, so for Chrissy, that's a big deal. But the fact that it was backed with My City Was Gone, which was also a really big hit, mm-hmm. at least a radio hit 
in the U.S. It's it's kind of a double A side, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I, I didn't realize that either. When I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a no brainer to buy that single. Yeah, it's something the Beatles would do. You yeah. Know? <laughs> we'll put two number one songs, one on the A side, one on the B side. Then they realize, oh, you get paid as much for the A side as the B side? All right, let's start stretching these out. We'll give you some right. crap on the on the <laughs> B side. A couple of live tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the video, though, is Chrissy kind of walking through London, and you see these kind of working stiffs, you know, like guys in suits walking over mm. the bridge, you know, getting ready to go to work you know maybe you see a guy who looks like he's a jamaican or rastafarian you know coming to do something and then they walk through this door and then they're in a quarry of some kind like breaking rock using pickaxes mm-hmm. chrissy's not she's standing on top of him singing away somebody has to supervise yeah exactly so it's an interesting but yeah it's it's back on the chain game it's like here we are we're we're back at it again Mm-hmm. Yes, we lost our boy Jimmy, but we're back at it. We can't just stop. We're we're back on the roller coaster again. And you're talking about the the powers to be and what they've done to you and what you have to do to get out there and keep a roof over your head. I think it's 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 as poignant as ever. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of a, a theme that runs through this whole record is there's sad themes, but then you know you kind of have to look past them and make the best of it. You know, when she's talking about, I found a picture of you. Those are the happiest days of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's over. Right. But now we got to get back to it again. Life resumes. Yeah, yeah correct. Really, life goes on and we have to kind of keep at it, you know? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, great song. I mean, that's that's what I love about Chrissy. Yeah, she can tell you about some stuff that would make give you the blues, would, would make mm-hmm. you sad. And then she could sing it in a way that's very heartfelt. But then she's also singing, but that doesn't define me. That's not right. the end. Yeah. T- time marches on. Which brings us to the third song, Time the Avenger, mm-hmm. which I had never heard before we did this. Me either. And wow, was I missing out on this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fast song with a good groove on it. Yeah. Yeah. Now now we're into, like, what would you even call this? Is this new wave? Is this punk? I mean, that that groove is not anything like you've heard before on this record. I know. It, to me, my note was, this sounds very early 80s UK. Okay. The, the kind of sound we, we, as kids, only got through MTV mm-hmm. back in the day. And yeah, I mean, obviously, like, time the adventure looked time fucks with all of us right mm-hmm. you know and she was starting to get a good feel for that yeah she's 32 with a kid she's not just you know the young girl from ohio who's trying to make it on the scene in punk england she's a woman now with mm-hmm. a family and it really kind of jams out goes long at the end but there's some really good guitar stuff on the end of this track yeah and and there's some there's some themes in here that are you know it kind of sounds like you started out okay and everything mm-hmm. was it, everything was great everything was going your way and now time has caught up with you and you kind of it's coming to take its toll now something about mm-hmm. uh nobody uh nobody is permanent everything is on loan here even your wife and kids like it's just like it's that something is catching up with this it's uh, to me it's a story about this dude who kind of had it all and now you know maybe he played a little fast and loose with the uh with mm-hmm. life and now it's it's come to collect on him Time, time, here the bells time. Oh, the harbor and the city. Maybe. Is it a song about Ray, even? I don't know. 
Yeah, Could maybe. be in there somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? Of course, he would have his own hit in 1983. I think it was with Come Dancing. Right, yeah. And, you know, that was kind of a big comeback for him because they, you know, were kind of looked at is They as were a 60s band. Yeah. Okay, it was an 82 song, but it came on their 83 album, State of Confusion. Yeah. And they, they're bigger in England Mm-hmm. than they are in the u.s but it's all good it's i mean it was it's still anyway we can't get we can't get caught off in the side stuff we got to stick to the album okay. here straight ahead here and we this go. is a good one this is a good tune for the album by the way i want to give a shout out to whomever in vanuatu downloaded a couple dozen of our episodes we really appreciate that okay you know where vanuatu is jackson i don't so if you could uh, clue me into <laughs> that it would be fantastic the only reason I know this is because I did take a cruise through the South Pacific. And I don't know if we stopped there. I feel like we did, or at least we were scheduled to. And then sometimes bad weather will make it so, okay, you know what? You can't get off right today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too dangerous. But yeah, it's in the South Pacific. It's west of Fiji, obviously okay. north of like New Zealand and stuff like that, but it's like northeast. It's an archipelago of about 80 islands, something like that. And I'm sure it's one of our British world travelers or somebody like that. Perhaps an American, but hmm. I just thought it was when I saw that up there. I'm like, well, I know what that is. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm shocked. But well, thank you to whoever that is. And once we finally get the world tour together, we'll be sure to stop by and say hi. Exactly. Looking forward to that day. Mm-hmm. All right. So we move on from time the adventure to watching the clothes, not washing, mm-hmm. but watching yeah. the clothes. <laughs> and this does sound older to me mm-hmm. more late 70s and 80s punk than what most of the album is and i guess i was right about that it's something that had been around for a while mm-hmm. and was apparently about a friend who died i'm assuming because of drugs but who knows yeah this definitely sounds different i kind of thought it had more of a 50s vibe to it with those the, the surfer drums or maybe the 60s mm. it's a different deal again it's a different sound out of this track and it, it but it but again it works uh, i think it's kind of short right it's only like two minutes and change i think but yeah it's it's kind of a song about making it through life also Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. And, you know, there's a furious guitar solo. It's not like Eddie Van Halen flashy for mm-hmm. the time. It's kind of an old-fashioned, I think you're right, 50s, you know, kind of thing, or, or 60s kind yeah. of thing. It's like it's like really good punk or a step above it. You know how I feel. The punks may have had great attitude, but they couldn't fucking play. Like they, they couldn't play their instruments. Right. These guys can. This is yeah. not punk. This is definitely it's, a step above. And there's something in there. I don't think it's a horn, but it sounds like a horn. Somebody's making that kind of. So it kind of has a little bit maybe of a big band feel for a second also just a different vibe on this song and that's that's really what i love about this is they change up styles so many times you're right it's not like they just we have our lane and right 
Like everything sounds like ZZ Top. No, it's yeah. it sounds it could sound like a lot of different stuff. And and that's part of the you were talking about punk. That's the that's my problem with punk is everything is two three four. Yeah. And okay, here's another song that sounds just like the yeah yeah exactly. This is not that. No, it's it's not, and it just shows you the depth. I mean, look again on your third album. A lot of people are 25 years old or even younger, especially at this time. I don't know if any of the members of the class were older than 25 when their third album came out, but Chrissy's 32. She's grown up and yes, she lost Pete and Jimmy, but what'd she do then? Well, then she got some real pros in like Robbie mm. and, you know, and, and so it's not just like, okay, we went from one snot nosed kid to another snot nosed <laughs> kid. No, we, you know, we've got professionals with us now. Yeah. Uh, and this is a big band. This is a platinum selling band. So, you know, let's make the most of it. And it worked And EMI supported her and it paid off. Now moving along to show me, mm. we know this one from the radio. Yeah. This was actually, I guess you'd call it the fourth single off the album. Even though 2000 Miles wasn't released in the U.S. as a proper one. So it's kind of the third one in the U.S., the fourth one in the U.K., released in March of 84. Tell me what you think about this one. I think here we go again. We're, we're switching it up a little bit on this track. I mean, I what is this? Like, did, would this be new romantic? I don't know what this is. Like, I wrote Joe Jackson down. That's what it kind of sounded like to me. Mm, yeah. We're, we're changing it up again. The, the bass is cool on this one. And there to me there are some dark themes but it's a it's an upbeat way of delivering it it's like you know i I believe this is about her daughter and kind of trying to see things through her eyes like you know like yes this sucks but like here's somebody who has a chance to to make things better or to see things in it in a more positive way yeah it's about a mother loving a new baby and hoping for love in their relationship Mm mm-hmm because obviously she's splitting with her father. Okay, Correct. that's that's bad, I guess, yeah. you know, and it's tougher on the kid. And where's daddy? Well, he's not around. He never <laughs> was. He never wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But in her situation, it's not like, well, he's just some dude, whatever. It's like, no, he's that guy <laughs> on the TV right there. He's that guy <laughs> you walking might know him. To the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's that voice? Yeah, that's your father singing. You know, that, that's got to be tough. It's like, show me the meaning. It's. I think it's brilliant, first of all, that they named it Show Me. Instead of show me the meaning of love. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Just called show me. And she never says show me the meaning of love. She says show the meaning of the word. Well, the word's obviously love. And through the middle, she's singing, I want love. And her voice is spot on. It's mm. fantastic. It's powerful. It's vulnerable. It's spot on key. It's got a lot of power to it. It's got a lot of emotion. And I'm with you. I dig the bass on yep. this one really good one it was back with faster slow the law is the law which we'll get to later but honestly man I-, I listened to this one a few times and i'm like this may be the best song she's ever written show me the meaning of the word because of her so much about it Okay. It, it's definitely, it's got a lot of power to it. It's got it's a lot of one of her best ever without a doubt. What, what I, what really strikes me too on all of these, or as you go through this is her voice is very, it's very iconic. Like, you know, as soon as she goes into it, you know, it's Chrissy. Hine, but she can change it around to mm-hmm. fit these different styles too, which is pretty interesting. It's true. And so, and it, you know, again, it hits the U S eight on the rock tracks, 28 on billboard does not chart in the UK. Hmm. 
What is wrong with you? This song is so good. And and I can't I can't help you on the style because this kind of sounds like what was hot in the UK at the time. So yeah, I don't know. This is for for the time. It's kind of right down the middle. Yeah. Now I feel like it's classic, but yeah, at the time it was. Well, I mean, it was of the time and was fantastic. I'm I, I'm shocked that it didn't do better in the UK. Twenty eight's not that big a hit. I mean, you'll always take it. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what album it was off of till we did this. So till we decided <laughs> to do it, you know. And so I'm like, yes, I love this song. And yeah, and going back on it, I I think it's underrated. I mean, you know, Brass and Pocket is big, and she had a couple songs uh, later that did really well obviously but this song it may not have been her her biggest hit but i think this may be her at her best and when was the hold on they put out a a singles disc mm-hmm. i remember when that was but i remember i remember seeing it and i think that could be part of the problem is that when you do something like that you kind of get caught up the singles album 87 is when that came out Okay, that could be part of the problem too, is you don't, you're just hearing that and you don't realize which album it comes off of, which in this situation is kind of detrimental because as we've mentioned, this whole album is pretty spectacular. Aha, I see you have a copy of it there. So you'd have thought I might have gotten out my singles, the Pretenders, the singles. That kind of is detrimental because you were saying you didn't know what record that came off of because you get something like this and then you end up, oh, these are the hits. I'm going to listen to this. But you don't realize where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, yeah, I've got the, the hits album. Everyone's got a greatest hits album of a lot of bands. And what did that come out? 87, I think. That's Good what Lord. I'm seeing here. Why does it have to be this small? Okay. I, I'll take your word on it, man, because I... Right cannot read it but so yeah it's it's all their singles up to a certain point and of course don't get me wrong was a really mm-hmm. big hit that came out later yeah stand by you was a big one yeah it came out actually i think during the age of what was that shit we hated grunge <laughs> yeah i think it was yeah, okay. ish around that time hi this is carl palmer and you're listening to the ugly american werewolf so let's move on and I guess this would be the flip point if you had the oh, cassette or the LP. Yeah. Yeah. But then you start off with Tumbelina, mm-hmm. which is a country rock song. I've I've got Rockabilly written down here. This does okay. this is a pretty hard left turn here because this doesn't sound like anything else. And you think, what are we doing here? But it's great. I, I love this track. <laughs> and Rockabilly makes sense. It's a short one. Mm-hmm. And the solo isn't crazy or over the top or anything like that. I guess it's about a mother and a daughter trekking across the USA. And it sounds like if you listen through to the end, they split from the father. Like he's yeah. like sayonara there, daddy o And mm-hmm. the two of them are kind of off on their own. It's almost like Thelma and Louise, but instead of two friends, it's a mother and daughter yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough song to sing, like, but it's also kind of what was going on in her life, right? Like, right. Yeah. That theme is coming back again with the mother daughter and where's the dad? Well, we don't yeah. really know. He's, he's, he's not, not in the, the picture, picture right now. Me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anything about this, how they put this together, but it sounds like they've got the Telecasters out for that country twang there. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I it doesn't go with anything else on the record, but I like it. Baby, don't you cry. 
But it shows you the kind of genre. I mean, Chrissy, she because of anything. her voice, she can really yeah. do anything. Yeah, she's Correct. not stuck as a punk or new wave or rock or whatever box you want to try to put her in. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me if she really wanted to go the country route, she probably could have. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And and there was a, there's a bonus track here at the end where she kind of goes back to country a little bit also, and it oh, works. We'll talk about Tequila, because yeah. that's, that's better. That's yeah. a better song, if you ask me. <laughs> but she's from Ohio. And I'm not yeah. saying there aren't any country fans in Ohio, because there's plenty of them. Right. But Ohio is a rock and roll state. There's a reason... Mm-hmm. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Ohio, and every band has to tour through Ohio, every rock band. It's just a hardworking, middle-class rock place, and that's where she's from. Mm -hmm. Now, as a segue, Mm -hmm. here we go into My City Was Gone, Mm -hmm. because she is from Akron, Ohio, as is our buddy and my roommate after you, Mike. Ah, yes. Big Cleveland Indians fan that he, well, I guess they're something else now. What are they? The, The Guardians? Yes. Okay. Tony Butler's bass. He's back again. Yep. Makes the song. Mm -hmm. It is iconic. And apparently it was something he would do sitting around, like waiting for practice to start, like waiting for everybody to to get there. And Chrissy's like, okay, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) That will work. Put that in there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that sets the whole thing. That funky bass line. Yeah. Great, you notice, you know exactly what it is right away. Yeah. It didn't really chart because it is a B-side, but for airplay in America, Mm. it's been played a long time. And it's played in the state of Ohio every day, someplace. (laughs) They start the day with it. Absolutely. And it's a great way to start the day, you know. But this also kind of shows her concern about environmentalism and commercialism taking over Mm -hmm. because she hadn't been to Akron in a long time. She's running around London and trying to get a band together and dating Ray Davies. And I don't know if she went home to have her child or if she went home, she's like, I want to see you mom and dad before I have the kid or whatever kind of thing. It's the first time she'd been back in a while and she's kind of saw, Hey, that field I used to play is a mall now. And now there's a big parking lot over here. And now there's this. So it's like, she's like, my city's gone. Like where yeah. I grew up, it's not the same place anymore. I'm like, yeah, well, Chrissy, I mean, yeah, you grew up in the, in the fifties and the sixties. None of the Midwest was as built out as it would mm-hmm. later be in the seventies and eighties and nineties. And I say stuff like that all the time. It freaks, it, you know, it, it bores the hell out of my wife and daughter, you know, because like, <laughs> you know, where I, my daughter goes to the same school I did. And when I went there, it was, <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere right uh-huh yeah, yeah. Great story dad <laughs> and now they're building Super. all this stuff all around like god they're building all this crazy stuff and it takes so long to get from here to here it's like you can't stop <laughs> progress you just can't back in my day we didn't have all uh-huh yeah that's great thanks <laughs> that's great old timer yeah, yeah. should have but, we'll, but turn, I think it's, we'll turn on Matlock for you when we yeah go, exactly, huh? and then you can fall asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think it's I think it's that theme again coming back to like everybody. I think everybody's had this happen to them before. You know, you you lived in a place. You know, you you remember it in your head, and you come back and you just say, oh. But I think that's also a metaphor for again her life changing so much 
And it, it's not the same. So you've got two choices. Either you can sit there and cry about it or you can blaze ahead and, exactly. and see what the rest of it's going to be. I mean, London's the same way. That brass and pocket video they did, I guarantee you they did it on a Sunday. You know why I say that? Because everything was closed on Sundays back in the 70s. Like you couldn't mm. go anywhere but church on Sunday in England. And even today, some stuff is closed. Where I'm like, really? You're closed just because it's Sunday? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> It's one of the most, it's one of the biggest, most active cities in the world. But back then it was just empty. So you could, you know, even the streets were empty. So it was pretty easy to show the guys driving up. It's like, oh, did you have to block up all the streets? Like, no, it was Sunday. Nobody's there anyway. <laughs> but what's interesting is your boy Rush Limbaugh. Oh, yeah. Used to use it. Don't even put me in the same <laughs> conversation with that. But didn't person. Rocky, who was our RA from across the hall, he loved Rush, didn't he? he I think he listened to Rush like every night. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so he would play that. The beginning of it was the mm, mm, Tony right. Butler's bass line. Now, I don't think Chrissy minded it too much. She's like, well, my mom listens to Rush or my family does, so I don't really mind. EMI, of course, took action and sued them. Mm-hmm. And then they licensed it to him. And then the money that she got from it, she gave to PETA. You know, because Rush is for, you know, everything bad in the world. Deforestation, <laughs> great, as long as you can make money on it. Build, you know, build them all where there's a field, great. As long as some white man's making money on it, it's great, you know. And, oh, we're killing animals? Well, we got to better kill them than us, right? So <laughs> so just to mess with them, every time she got money because of Rush's show, she gave that straight to PETA. God bless you, Chrissy. And you've out-survived Rush. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, great no. song, love yes. it. Double A side, as far as I'm concerned. Now the next one is a cover, right? The thin mm. line between love and hate. Yes, correct. Which is basically a story of a guy who takes his wife for granted, and he comes home at five in the morning, like one time too many, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you okay, honey? You hungry? You need something? Come here, let me take care of you." And then by the end, like he oh, wakes up in the me. hospital and he's <laughs> nearly dead. And it's like, that's hilarious. 83 on Billboard, but 49 in the UK. So it did better in the UK than it did over here, but still didn't get to that top 40 status that you need for everybody to like see mm-hmm. the video and, and get into it. I just mentioned it was cover. The Persuaders did it in 1971. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Poindexter brothers and some other guy had, had written it, but that hit number 15 on the Billboard chart. And was number one on the soul chart. Back in 71. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it sounds like the story, you know, of like a dude who's like taking his wife for granted. I mean, it sounds like something that would have happened to somebody <laughs> at some point. <laughs> they weren't just making it up. No, it's like, yeah, it's like we heard about my boy Jerome yeah. and this is exactly <laughs> what happened to him. Well, so again, we're changing genres here, and yeah. I, I've got to note that that her voice does R and B no problem. Yeah, soul not mm. a problem at all. Apparently, Paul Carrick was yes. on backing vocals and keys. 
little side note for you there. Never seen the video before we did this. And it's them. I, it looks like they're doing construction in the tube. Like they're building a new line or they're okay. extending yeah. something or whatever. And she's singing. She's not playing the guitar. It's not even around her neck. She's just kind of crooning out this song. And I thought that was interesting. You see her not with a guitar on the videos where it's just her singing. Mm-hmm. But this is a performance video, and uh, she doesn't have a guitar. Now, I guess she doesn't play guitar on the song. She's like, why would I play it in the video? But I'm just used to seeing her with a guitar around her neck. And you mentioned Paul Carrick from, I guess he's most known from the band Ace. How long has this been going on? And then- Or Mike and the Mechanics. Mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's a dude that like his, like you wouldn't know who he was, but you're like, I know that voice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a guy who probably should be a little more famous than he is. Yeah, and I feel like when we were seniors, Roger Waters did his big The Wall at Berlin thing. Okay, yeah. And Paul Carrick did one of the songs that it was either released as a single or and or it got a lot of radio play on classic rock. It may have been Hey You. Okay. It was one of those. I can't remember which one it was, but it may have been Hey You. And he was all over for that. But yeah, here is Chrissy doing another song. The Thin Live Between Love and Hate. (laughs) Delivering it smoothly. And it Mm. is kind of a man story, but she's telling it from the other side kind of thing, you know? I like the line about how the sweetest woman in the world could be the meanest woman in the world if you make her that way. That's right. (laughs) She does it really well. And so I'm like, you know, it's not my favorite song on the album. And what was it? The fifth and final UK single? Uh, Yes. Yeah. With backed with time, the Avenger. So it didn't really go much of anywhere, I guess. And that's May of '84. So yeah, back on the chain game was a pretty big hit, but that's 15 months before the album ever comes out. Mm-hmm. Then in the UK, you got a good Christmas song, and that's adorable and everything. But that's really only going to get played for one month of the year. Then middle of the road in the UK doesn't go anywhere. Hit in the US. Not a hit there. The next one, Show Me, comes out in March in the U.S., not in the U.K. And then this is the last single off the album, and it doesn't really go anywhere either. So while she's doing well in the U.S., it seems like her adopted country isn't treating her that well. Well, I can't ever figure this out. You do. I don't know. You'd figure that, that, it, that to me, you'd figure the opposite would be the case because there it's it's a UK act, mm-hmm. and but it's not at all. I don't know if maybe they thought of her as American. Yeah. Because she is. But I mean, like she they is. didn't adopt her. I don't know. I have no idea how this works. I don't either. And maybe, you know, Dexy's Midnight Runners had a couple songs out at the time <laughs> that they liked better. Who knows? I don't know. But let's move on to I Hurt You, mm-hmm. uh, which has mm-hmm. yet another cool bass line of it on it. Yep. I don't love this song. Okay. As Well, there's not a lot of melody in the song. Mm-hmm. And apparently they dubbed two lead vocal tracks to show the emotional confusion in the protagonist of the song. Yes. I don't, I just don't, I don't love it. I mean, okay. look, I hurt you. Obviously, you're showing some regret or some emotion like, yeah, I I did something that hurt you. And now I can look back and see that I was wrong or that Mm -hmm. happened. But I don't know. It's just there's not a lot of melody to it. And I don't love it. Yeah. And I I found that same. I I just put down. It's like she's singing two different parts. And then I found that note about how they actually dubbed the two different parts on there for that reason to show the, the conflicting 
emotional pitches here. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. It's you know we're now at the in the official release or the original release. We're at the second to last track. Right. So yeah, we're kind of in that. Is this a filler song? We're back to relationship deals with you know I hurt you, you hurt me. Yeah. Ray again. I don't Correct. know. Yeah, yeah, that's I've got it. You know I hurt you because you hurt me. Is this about Ray Davies? Question mark again. So yeah, probably not. Not the strongest one on the record. no. And then there's some pretty good guitar starts at like the three four. 40 or 342 mark mm-hmm. it's pretty good but it's to me it's maybe a it's little too to late yeah, yeah too little too late to okay. save it from being a skip And then, of course, the last song is 2,000 Miles, which made mm-hmm. my top 10 rockin' Christmas song mm-hmm. list, did not make yours. And then I think I, now that I, especially since we've included this on this record, I feel like that was a miss on my part, because this is a great song. It, it is, you know, and, and you see her in the video, like she's part of like the Salvation Army, and mm-hmm. She's singing this song about being 2,000 miles away from her loved one, which maybe that's what, you know, maybe when she was pregnant with Natalie Ray, she was away from Ray Davies. And so, so, okay, well, I'm, but oh, I don't know if he was in England and she was in America, that's more than 2,000 miles. I don't know. I think you're just rounding it. Yeah. Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> and apparently it was inspired by uh, Jimmy Scott or James Honeyman Scott's death in some way who died in July of 82, but Robbie McIntosh apparently came up with the opening riff or the, the, the guitar sequence. Okay. And so in a re-release that it was like a, a deluxe re-release kind of thing, Chrissy said he probably deserved co-writing credit on the song. Did she give him the co-writing credit? I mean, probably not. Well, but once those things are set in stone until lawyers get together, they don't change (laughs) for any reason. Nobody just changes it out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. So that just doesn't happen. In in the UK, it's certified platinum for digital downloads 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, it went platinum. How many digital downloads have they had since then as digital downloads have skyrocketed? Mm -hmm. And I think it hit 15 in the UK of December 83. And it seems to always get back in the chart every December. It's a weird Mm. thing in the uk in the u.s once a song's come and gone that's it you don't get back in the chart ever but because the uk has the bbc that controls so much stuff and there's you know requests for songs like they were saying how they're trying to get the wham or really the george michael song last christmas to number one because it never got to number one this year we'll get it to number one because every year it goes back in the charts well every year this one goes back in the charts too so Mm -hmm. it's to robbie's chagrin that he does not get half this song because (laughs) Every December, Chrissy gets mailbox money for this one. And of course now, because it was a B-side in the U.S. and DJs will always play Christmas songs around Christmas time, it gets played here all over the country too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, er- yeah. every year it's good for, it gives some airplay and yeah, you're right. I don't, know what, I don't know why that doesn't work here in the United States, but yeah, once you're off, you're off the charts. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, hi there. This is Martin Popoff, scribbler of many, many rock books. You're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. So that's the album. That's the original album that went platinum mm-hmm. in the U.S. in 1984. But we mentioned some other songs. Fast or Slow, The Law is the Law was a B-side. And not only did Martin Chambers, the drummer, write it, but he sang lead. Now, it's not a bad song. It just it doesn't fit with the rest no. of the album. Yeah, and and after ha- after listening to the entire album with just her singing, to have somebody else, it's kind of whoa. I mean, if this was like maybe the third song, okay, you would have thrown that in there. But yeah, it doesn't fit with the rest of the record. But it is cool to hear somebody else sing. We always like, yeah, we always like to hear other singers yeah. sing, give it a chance, see what they can do. It's a change of pace. He sounds very English. Most of the time when someone's singing, you can't tell what country they're from. <laughs> kind of tell on this one. Yeah. Knowing which is your size, just a case of common sense. Fast or slow, the law's the law. It doesn't matter about the truth at all. The evidence before your eyes. Countryman is honest, so you'll never hear the lie. And the you, your honor. Your honor, frame refrain is just kind of weird to me. I, you know, I don't know if it was one that he always wanted to sing lead on. Or it's like, okay, I'm going to sing lead on this one until we get Chrissy in, and then it was like, no, we don't need to change this, and I will just save it as a B side. I don't know. It's interesting. It doesn't yeah. belong on the main album. Yeah, but I'm glad they put it on there because it was a it was a B side, so it is cool to hear it. And I'm never going to get my hands on the single, uh, right. so that that is nice that it's it's on there now on the re release. Absolutely. But then there's this song we were talking about, Tequila. Mm-hmm. And this really is a, th- a country song. And it's better than Thumbelina, if you ask me. Th- this is a true country song. This is like, you know, what do they say? Uh, dark lights and thick smoke at the bar here. And this is the this is the classic, you know, I'm alone. So I'm going to have something to uh, help me through the hard times. And that is uh, Tequila. Tequila, yes. Yeah. Starts yeah. off with an acoustic guitar. You have not heard that anywhere on this record. Yeah, got a little twang in it. But again, she can sing country. She really can. Now, I think this is better a better effort than Tumbelina. I'm going to guess that they only wanted one country song on the album. Like, you can't do both. Probably. You, you can yeah. only have one, pick one. And so she took the one that was more personal about her and her daughter mm-hmm. hitting the road and, and getting out of the, the situation. Maybe it was too different while Tumbelina fit better the overall what they were doing on the album could be yeah Um, it's a little more up-tempo than this one so yeah maybe they didn't want to kill the momentum i drink tequila because i can't have your lips tonight i don't want to feel you i don't want to feel bad tonight you make me suffer and you just don't know something like that i bet is the case uh, mm-hmm. but it's a good tune you know yeah. and then they, they had a song called ramblin rob it was really just a demo written by robbie mcintosh no uh, lyrics or vocals on it but it was part of the i guess anniversary or uh, extended re-release edition mm-hmm. but look those 10 tracks on this album are awesome and i guess 
we didn't miss it because we knew the big singles, but right. we never listened to this album and like everybody gives it really good reviews. Even Robert Criscow, who basically <laughs> shits all over everything, <laughs> gave it an A minus. So uh, who knows? But I, I mean, to me, this is at least a nine out of 10 album. Mm-hmm. This is a great album to be able to find. And you've got some footholds like, okay, yeah, I know this one and I know this one. Like, Oh, would you listen to that? That's really good. It's like, oh, that's a little bit different. Oh, that's interesting. And and I, I feel like we know most of the album before we even hear it. Right, right. And I think that's what that's what stuck out to me. And then listening to the rest of the tracks, I'm glad we did because we definitely had missed out on stuff like Time the Avenger and, uh, you know, even the thin line between love and hate. Like that's, I would have never listened to that record. I mean, I've never to that track without going through this. I know. So I think this is definitely something that if you're not familiar with all the songs, you need to be. Because I think like us, you could say, oh, I know, I know this one. You know, I, I've heard these songs before. You haven't heard them all. No. But half of them, if you're from America, that is, half of them you had. Middle of the road, they Mm -hmm. play all the time. Back of the Chain Gang, big hit. Show Me, smaller hit, but a beautiful song. But you know it, yeah. Yeah. My City Was Gone, Mm -hmm. you at least know the bass part. And then 2,000 Miles, you ever listen to Rock Radio Christmas, you've heard it. That's half the record. Yeah. But there is the other half. And yeah, you, you should check it out. And Chrissy is underrated. Now, we mentioned later that uh, in 84, she would marry Jim Kerr, lead singer mm-hmm. of the Simple Minds, a band that I've always really liked. And I'll tell you, I think they're underrated in the U.S. In the U.S., they are that song from The Breakfast Club, and basically Correct. that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas they have dozens of hits around the world, not just England and Europe, but all around the world. And maybe we'll do one of their albums one day. Hint, hint. <laughs> But then, of course, you know, had a a daughter with Jim as well, Yasmin, who, when she has her hair like light or blonde, looks just like Jim. When she has it dark, looks like Chrissy. But they lived in Scotland for a while while his career was going huge Mm -hmm. and hers continued to do well. But eventually they broke up in, in 1990. She did get married again to a Colombian artist in the late Ooh. 90s, early 2000s, but that didn't work out. But she's a Londoner. I mean, I think she also has a place in her hometown of, of Akron so she can see like family or whatever. But she's an Anglo at this point. She's she's really a, an English rocker more than an American rocker. Mm-hmm. So look, uh, you don't have to start here. You could start with Pretender's first album. You could go to Pretender's 2. You could start with the greatest hits of the singles or whatever. But I would suggest starting with this one because it's awesome i mean from Mm. front to back it's awesome lots of genres covered lots of emotion covered her voice is special it's extraordinary great songwriting great musical accomplishments on this or or execution yeah this was really i don't say diamond in the rough but i mean it's a great record i'm just glad we discovered it and can tell other people about it because you should definitely be listening to this Yeah, kudos to you, Jackson, because when I saw Pretenders, first of the year or late at the end of the year, we always go through, okay, which album's coming out this year, having big anniversaries, which ones do we love, which ones do we want to explore, Mm -hmm. which ones did we miss kind of thing. And you put this on there and automatically went, yeah, whatever, Pretenders, I'm not that big a fan. I mean, I like them. I don't have anything against them. Right. I love Chrissy. Always have. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I don't really, yeah, I'm not into them that much and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, try this album. Let's Trust just try me it. on this. And that, as soon as I listened to it, I'm like, whoa, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a show today. Well, now, there was another yeah. album that I said, oh, we have to do because right. of its cultural significance. 
And I listened to it and I said, no, we're not doing this. You cross it off the list. (laughs) And we're not going to tell you which one it was or why. That would be unfair. It would also be politically incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's table all that. But I mean, I think this is why, this is why I really, or one of the reasons why I really love doing this, because it's something like this, like everybody can do Dark Side of the Moon. We did Dark Side of the Moon. We'll do all the Led Zeppelin records. But this is one of those ones where you find it and you just say, Hey, this is like a, it's like a, yeah, like I said, a, di- a diamond in the rough and yes. a, a sleeper hit. It's it's just a great record. And it, yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to go through it. Yeah. I mean, and it had all these top 40 US hits and was platinum, yet still it's under the radar. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we got to explore it. Me too. What a killer record by Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, The Pretenders, who got in in 2005. So glad Jackson suggested this one. I didn't know Learning to Crawl that well, and I love it. And now it's part of my playlist. I'm playing it for my family, and they dig it too. It always helps to have a foothold, right? Maybe a couple of footholds, some tunes you know from the radio. And this was already full of them. So to hear the whole album put together is great. But to hear the whole story of how this actually came together and all the tumult that was going on in the world of the pretenders at the time. It's amazing. It's amazing that the record was made, but it's really amazing how good the record is. And if you weren't familiar with it, I hope this show encourages you to go out and listen to the whole thing. Maybe even buy it. You won't be disappointed. And a great postscript to, yes, they are members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of course, Chrissy wasn't that interested in going. She was living a good life in South America and wasn't really interested in all the corporate nonsense surrounding the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But in deference to her parents, she's like, you know, I've already upset them so many times by not living in America and the way I live my life and my general attitude and everything. So she did go to the ceremony and accept her induction from Neil Young. Most deserved. And I hope she gets in the Songwriters Hall of Fame one day, too, because she deserves that as well. She's amazing. She's a badass. And she's a real rock and roller, somebody who really gets it, who lives it, and has really done nothing else but rock and roll. We love you, Chrissy. You're the best. So we want to know, folks, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Did we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You have to let us know. You email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. You let us know the bands, the albums, the concerts, the DVDs, the rock properties you want to hear us talk about. And please, not only do we need you to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, but if you're thinking about it, please give us a positive review. It not only means the world to us, but it helps us grow the show and find more rock and rollers like you. We got to give a thank you to Pantheon Podcast for making us part of the family. And we got to give a shout out to our sponsor, RareVinyl.com. And they've got a lot of pretender stuff, singles, imports, CDs, LPs, all sorts of great stuff. So go to rarevinyl.com, use that code UGLY, and save 10% off your entire order. Next week, we are doing an album that is also celebrating its 40th anniversary and has a bit of a tie to this one. You may have heard a hint, hint in the story somewhere. That might give you somewhere to go. But until then, folks, to all you rockers all around the world, be cool and keep doing what you do to keep rock alive. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.